0: Welcome to Out With Dan, the podcast that spotlights and examines the voices of LGBTQ authors, characters, and our allies. Together, we lift our voices and we tell our stories. I'm Dan White. Join me as I chat with this week's author. Hi, and welcome to Out With Dan. I'm excited today to have Dharma Kelleher join me for discussion about the books that she writes. Hi, Dharma. Hi, Dan. How are you? I'm wonderful. I'm wonderful.
1: Thank you for having me on.
0: Oh, I'm very excited. I just finished Blood and Fire, which Mm -hmm. I've learned is a prequel to the Jinx Blue series, and I enjoyed it so very much. Was there a particular inspiration for coming up with the Jinx character?
1: Well, yeah. Um, Originally, um, uh, I had written a a previous series uh, about a a lesbian outlaw biker, and I decided that it was time to to write something new. I wanted to write something with a transgender character, and since I'm transgender, and uh, I was like, I don't want to write a cozy, I don't want to write a police procedural, even though I do read those uh, subgenres, I I love them, but that's nice. not what I, I wanted to kind of push the envelope a little bit. And so I was talking to my wife about it. And she said, "Why not a bounty hunter?" I'm like, a "Bounty hunter?" Hmm. <laughs> and and I had read um, several books in Janet Ivanovich's, uh Stephanie Plum series, but I was wanting to take something, and they're and they're very entertaining, very very funny, very wonderful. Uh, but I wanted wanted to take it in a, a grittier direction because that's kind of what I write is that gritty, you yeah. know. I um, love it. And so um, I, my wife came up with the idea of a bounty hunter. And the name, uh, her, her last name, Baloo, is an homage to Lawrence Block, who who among many uh, series he's written, uh, his Matt Scudder series, there's a character called Mick Baloo, who's kind of this likable gangster, Irish gangster kind of character. <laughs> I just love the character. Um, he's kind of a, an ally to Matt Scudder in an odd sort of way. And so I liked the character. So I, so I named, gave her the last name Blue, And then um, the name Jinx, uh, I loved the TV series In Plain Sight. Yes. And uh, the main character's mother is named Jinx. I'm like, I really like that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so I like I, it. I, that's where I kind of came up with it.
0: I like it. I like it. I was I was so impressed by the fact that Jinx has a supportive family network. I thought yes. that was I thought that was so beautiful because mm-hmm. we don't always get that. But no, when we, don't. we do when we do, it's so wonderful to be able to celebrate it. And I really appreciate you taking the time to create a family like that.
1: Yeah, I I you know I I didn't have a family like that, um, unfortunately, but uh I I've been inspired by uh people that do, and um, uh, recently, um, Amber Briggle, I think her, her name is, uh, is the mother of a uh, trans teen in Texas, and she's been dealing with a lot of shit yes. um, with their new laws and all that stuff. And she's she's been an inspiration to me, um, but uh, there've been a number of wonderful parents uh, who've, shared, who've been very supportive of their trans kids. And so I wanted to show that, hey, this is what it could look like if more parents were decent parents, you know. So and
0: thank you, and thank you for that, and I mean it sincerely. Mm-hmm. It's um, I read a, a book by Becky Bohan lately, mm-hmm. recently, and one of the things she said in it was she wanted to create a book that was positive, right? As positive all the way through as possible. Mm-hmm. It hers is a romance, and mm-hmm. so she didn't want an angsty type of romance, right? And, we all know that in life there are some terrible parents out there yes. <laughs> and uh, and that's unfortunate and we see that in a lot of it's represented a lot so it's nice right. to see it when it's when it's a it supportive is. loving family so yes. thank you for that
1: mm-hmm. yeah absolutely so, my pleasure thank you yes
0: and i love the fact that she has I mean, Jinx runs into some issues. There's oh, some roadblocks. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I certainly don't want to set this up as oh, I, it's all
1: hunky dory. Oh no, no it, I, I wanted really to work. write a I wanted to write a a series of books where, um, she's not defined by being trans. There's no transition stories. It's not about hormones or surgeries or anything like that. It's not a romance, although she has relationships throughout the series, um, but. Uh, her experiences are shaped by her being trans, and um, so she runs into some. Uh, you know, in in Blood and Fire, she starts out as a patrol officer uh, in the Phoenix PD, and uh, she runs into a little trouble there. Um, and uh, she, in the first book in the series, she runs. She's actually outed by a, a local um, uh, weekly alternative newspaper. And with, and she did, had no idea that they were going to do that. She just thought they were going to be highlighting her. Hey, here's this female toughest male bounty hunter, you know. And then suddenly the the headline is like, transgender bounty hunter is tearing up the valley or something like that. It's like, <laughs> it leads to, <laughs> to some problems. It's Hilarity like- ensues. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> I but it doesn't that. define her life. The story is really about her work as a bounty hunter, going after fugitives and some complex stories that she runs into.
0: And that's a very interesting point for a reader as well, mm-hmm. to see someone who's who's their own character already. And right. it's it's sort of a day in the life to make that I sort know. Of sound simple. <laughs> right. But I mean,
1: yeah, the her being trans is really the least interesting thing about her. I mean. She cosplays as Wonder Woman at comic book shows. She's a comic book geek. You know, you don't see a lot of that. No. Um, and uh, she's a bounty hunter. I mean, she's, you don't see a lot of bounty hunter stories. So I it's just being trans is not the most interesting thing about her.
0: She's a wonderful character. I hear you have a southern voice. A little bit of a southern voice. So uh and I I'm, also I, I do know this, so I, there's no need <laughs> of attempting this. I also know that you went to Uga as well. I did.
1: I went to University of Georgia. I went to the journalism school and they beat my southern accent out of me. <laughs> so I don't although when I get back home, I'll, I'll talk to my sister. And she's like, Hey, how y'all? You know, like and I start to pick it up again. But normally yeah. um I I don't really have a very thick southern accent, even no. though I spent my the first half of my life in in georgia around atlanta little small towns like Snellville and lilburn and then went to school at in athens and but i don't know it just kind of never took
0: <laughs> well it's it's unique with mine i had a lot of speech class and uh-huh. i have an english degree oh and okay i i lost part of my accent but mm-hmm. then i moved to miami where i learned to use it as Charming. Oh, it is.
1: You see, you and there are many different Southern accents.
0: Yes, that is true. You have
1: you have the very charming Southern accent, a very Very genteel accent.
0: (laughs) Thank you. So. Is it very different, because I know that you're self-published. I know that's something that you talk about. Mm -hmm. Is it very different than, say, would you call it traditional publishing versus self-publishing? Yes,
1: yes. Okay. Um, My first two books were published by a digital imprint of Random House. Okay. Um, And it was a little bit different than a lot of traditional publishing deals in the fact that, one, it was digital only, so there weren't any print books at the time. And two, um, rather than the usual split, we actually had a 50% split with no advance. Oh, which is very unusual, but th- this was something that random house was trying out for a few years and, um, and I went through an agent. I had a really lovely, lovely agent. Um, and, um, after the first two books, uh, they didn't sell as well as I had hoped. Um, and certainly not as well as the publisher had hoped, so they opted not to continue the series after two books. Um, And, you know, it had always been my dream to be traditionally published, you know? As a teenager, um, I used to, like, spend hours reading uh, uh, Writer's Market, looking for agents and publishers and things, places to send my short stories, and, and so that was always the dream, that was that was the benchmark. And after the first two books, I realized, okay, maybe it's not the dream that I thought it was. And the industry was changing, um, you know, back in the way back in the day, um, traditional publishers would um, nurture authors, brand new authors um, and let them have a few books and help build their name and build their platform. Yes, yes. And they don't really do that, <clears throat> excuse me, as much anymore. And um, uh, I, I, I I'm, sorry, go I'm ahead. gonna jump in
0: for a second. Which I find to be so very funny because if if you're looking for a payout as a publisher, right, the more support you can give an author, the mm-hmm. bigger your payout will probably be down the line. That isn't true for every author, right? For a lot of them, it is. And of course, when you're an author who's swimming in a very large stream of a mm-hmm. huge publishing house, right. it's very easy to get lost.
1: Yes, it is, you know. Um, and it's its their business model, it's their business, they have to make a profit, it is what it is. So after the second book, that's when I came up with Jinx Blue and I made the very difficult decision of walking away from my agent who I really cared about. But I said, you know what, I'm gonna go indie. And um, uh, the Alliance of Independent Authors has been really in, instrumental in, in that success because um, it's, you know, in the early days of uh, self-publishing, it was like, you just throw up whatever onto Kindle and then, you know, don't worry about a decent cover, don't worry about editing or anything like that, just whatever. And it got us a, a very um, bad stigma of self publishing And uh, the Alliance of Independent Authors has worked very hard for 10 years uh, to counter that and to establish a set of standards, like you need to hire professional cover designers, you need to hire a professional editing team. And um, they've really worked very hard to educate um, independent authors uh, for what they need to do to, so that we can compete with the traditional publishers. Um, and so I, I took that to heart. So all of my books, um, I, I have a, a line editor, I have a, a proofreader, a separate proofreader, um, and many of the books that I've self-published, I've used uh, a professional cover designer. Now I've got graphic design background myself. Oh, okay. And, and so I now create my own covers. Um, but I, I have to be very mindful, okay, because a cover does two things. Uh, one, it has to establish how professional this book is. Um, because generally, the professional how professional the cover is indicates the level of uh, how well it's been edited, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and two, it has to convey the genre, subgenre of the book. It doesn't have to convey the characters. It doesn't have to even really convey the setting per se, but it has to tell potential readers, okay, this is a professionally put together book, and this is what genre is. is. So you have what no, you know what expectations to have, um, and that's that's really what it's about. And so I've I've learned to do that, um, and I push the boundaries a little bit uh, myself, Good. but. Good. <laughs> you should push
0: boundaries. <laughs> I, I, it's important, you know, as a sighted individual. Mm-hmm. When I look at a book's cover, mm-hmm. I should get an a, at least a sense of what I'm looking at. And right. as just so, you know, that that old saying, "You can't judge a book by the cover." That's bullshit. Oh, it is. I mean, it is it's bullshit. total yeah. bullshit because that is how you. That's that's what draws mm-hmm. us to a book, unless you're looking at a book that's hundred years old and they're all burgundy yeah. leather bound. I mean,
1: you and. To be fair, there have been some traditionally published books that have horrible covers. Yep. Uh, uh, There was uh, several years ago, um, I don't know who the publisher was, one of the big five, uh, put out a new version of Charlie and the Chocolate Factory and had this horrendous, creepy cover. (laughs) You you, you probably saw it. Uh It's just like, oh my God, what is it? It looked more like something from like, Oh, it's just like, like it, pedophile it,
0: kind of creepy. Yes. And if it's not appealing, it's not, it, yeah. sadly, it's just not going to work.
1: Yeah. I was like, this is, this is not, no. And so, but, and for, for the, one of my new books, that's going to be coming out later this year. Um, I put, I, I stepped a little bit away from the traditional um, uh, thriller cover. Uh, it's a little bit more illustrated Um but I think it still works. It conveys a certain sense of darkness <clears throat> and grittiness. So, um, you know, we'll just see how it goes.
0: I like it. So mm-hmm. I, I also subscribe to your own newsletter, which I oh. really do enjoy. <laughs> and the last one, I, I want to talk about something you put in the last one. And it it was the saying, we all have the same 24 hours. yeah. Um, I I know what you said, so I'm going to say I echo the sentiment 100. percent You know, it's mm-hmm. there's so many things in life that come along that we can self we can beat ourselves up over,
1: right? Absolutely. especially
0: if we begin to compare, mm-hmm. You're talking yeah. about Sean Cosby, <clears throat> his wonderful mm-hmm. success. Yes, I'm thrilled to death. But if we begin to compare ourselves, or we get home and we think, "Oh, I woulda, coulda, shoulda,"
1: mm-hmm. those Three most
0: limiting, you know, verbs in the language.
1: Yeah, and
0: what I do with my twenty-four hours is my business.
1: Yes, absolutely.
0: Learning to celebrate that as well, not just not and saying it positively. That this is my twenty-four hours. Maybe Mm -hmm. I might have done more, but Mm -hmm. I did what I could. So thank you for
1: that. Yeah, Um, uh, one of I part of. uh, Lindsay, uh, not Lindsay Broker, um, Andrea Pearson, who was uh, a host of the Six Figure Author podcast, shared a lot about some of her own challenges. She has had a lot of health challenges. She also has a lot of young children that she has to take care of. And she has a lot more responsibilities uh, than other people. Um, I have to help take care of my wife because she has some disabilities Um, and I've got a day job with an hour and a half long commute each way. Oh, Um, oh, yeah. Ouch. (laughs) So we may have the same 24 hours, but we don't have the same responsibilities. And so the point of that, uh, post in, in, in the newsletter was just to honor yourself and don't beat yourself up that you're not accomplishing more than you already are may you may even actually be accomplishing more than you should be because you may be on your way to burnout, and I know because I've been there <laughs> um.
0: <laughs> you know i a friend of mine sent me something the other day, and the little quote was something along the lines of being a great multitasker is the best uh-huh. way to burn yourself out
1: absolutely you know i've I listened to a lot of uh other podcasts and um I mentioned sasha Black, I think before we we got on the air or something and she's she's an amazing woman, but she's been struggling with a lot of burnout the past year or so and and bless her heart she's she's an amazing person um and and to her credit she's been uh making conscious decisions to cut back on some of the things that she's been doing and to say no to more to things she had been doing a podcast with another uh another author and they mutually decided to end that podcast she still has another podcast that she's doing <laughs> i mean she's like doing two podcasts and doing all this stuff and doing just running all kinds of stuff so she's an amazing woman she's she's also uh you're raising a uh, a young young child and so she's you know she's uh but she's now taking better care of herself and and good. that should that's a good example for the rest of us to follow is if you're feeling burned out you may just have to say no to some things and you just may have to see let some balls drop on the ground and see what happens
0: absolutely i've said more than once that i'm the queen of no I don't want to yeah. do that. It's just no. And most often, mm. most often is just when I'm sort of at the end of the rope. Because otherwise, yeah. I'm like, oh yes, I can. let's oh, yeah, go, sure. go there. blah blah yep. blah. But some Ooh. days you just have to say no because yeah. it's for the self preservation and your are health. <laughs> and, when I'm often, up against the deadline,
1: great. I'm gonna like, I'm gonna say, okay, I'm not worrying about cleaning the house. I'm not worrying about the laundry. I'm not about... It's like, there's no groceries that you. Are... Peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. You'll deal with it.
0: <laughs> and I have learned that that laundry will not do itself, nor will it nope. talk back to you. I mean, it'll just sit right <laughs> there just patiently right there. waiting. Yes. That's the thing in life. Exactly. <laughs> Dharma, will you tell me how to reach you on social, share with everybody your Absolutely. social and your website? Um,
1: yeah, uh, my website, that's where I really like to direct people to go, is to uh, dharmakelleher.com. That's D-H-A-R-M-A kellehe com, and you can find you can you if you're in the states you can buy signed personalized copies of my books yes. um, you can get you can buy ebooks directly from me and they get delivered via book funnel which is really a great service um or you can find me on facebook at uh i think it's dharmakelleherbooks.com or uh, at facebook slash uh dharmakelleherbooks i think it is and um at on Twitter at Zenpunk Dharma right. and I think I'm on Instagram too, but I don't know what my handle is Probably Dharma <laughs> Keller. I
0: don't know <laughs> there's some days I wish I didn't know what mine was but I you know
1: I'm, <laughs> I'm not as on social media as much as I used to be um just because I really I've got so many responsibilities. Um, I'm, right know, now I I'm about to send one book to the uh, editor. I've got another book coming out next month. Wow. I've got a uh, third book that I'm about to start writing and I'm doing research for.
0: Wow. Well, you know, if you, I'm sure you're bored. So maybe you've got a <laughs> couple of side projects, Dharma. Exactly, you know. <laughs> Well, I had such a wonderful time well, chatting. I with did it. too.
1: It's always love, it's always good to talk to a fellow southerner.
0: Thank you. Same here. I look forward to doing it again as well. So
1: absolutely. Thank, thank you so much. much.
0: And if you'll hang on, I'll be right back. Thank okay. you for joining me for Out with Dan. See you soon. Thank you for joining me for this week's episode of Out with Dan. You can find more information about this podcast and its host at outwithdan.com, on Twitter at OutWithDan, and on Instagram and Facebook at GoOutWithDan. This podcast is hosted by Authors on the Air Global Radio Network, and the theme music is provided by bensound.com. Join us again soon for the next episode of Out With Dan.